Happy birthday to Cat. Happy birthday to Cat. Your whining has grown old. Refs think you're a brat. Welcome to episode 170 of Wolves Cast, the show that wants to personally thank Luke Walton for including Marvin Bagley in the King's Rotation Wednesday night. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Welcome back to the studio, Scott. I just realized my headphones weren't plugged in, so uh, I couldn't hear myself in the in the cans when uh-huh. we were singing just a second ago. So yeah, if I wasn't on key, that's entirely the reason why, and that's only the reason why. No, I, I don't think you need them. You know, I think you're better you, I without. Think, no, I think you nailed it. You know, so uh, yeah. I always think I, I sound much better when I can't hear myself. Imagine that, yeah. There you go. Well, uh, you're plugged in now, so uh, you have to hear it. Now you can hear the drops, and you can, uh, Ooh, you know, you can, can, I? you can, you can hear, you can hear me a little bit better, and uh, all that stuff. So I've, I've, better. I've missed the drops. That's the one thing. Neil and I, same room again. You We're know, here. We're and here. Uh, you know, I miss being able to because Neil, Neil's got all the sound drops on his iPad. And a chance for an Ant One. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say Ant One? I did say Ant One. <laughs> There we go. Classic. We love it. We got ant ones happening all over the place now. It's just like they just say it. It's just it, like rolls off the tongue. Yeah, exactly. Ant it's ones. just part not of it. Ant ones. Ant ones. So, yeah, I love good. wolves. I love wolves. Easy enough. I love. wolves. They were talking about the, the on front of the jersey. Oh, that's that's. I, Wait, I pulled it. What he was saying? He likes the word mark wolves. Yeah, he he likes how the new one. I guess just says wolves. He's just saying he doesn't like all the okay. crowded letters of I having. Don't, all I don't like it when it says on. Timberwolves, but our current, you know, white ones, the association or the icon. I don't know what they are. Yeah, they just say wolves on the front. You know, they don't yeah, say Timberwolves. He, yeah, he's saying he likes that. Okay, you know? I like yeah. that too, but yeah. I don't. I don't like the word mark. I've come really. I've really come around on these jerseys. You know, I was kind of you know lukewarm mm-hmm. about them, um, but now I've seen them play a couple times. I think I love everything about the. Jersey jerseys except the word mark that says wolves right i just chest, yeah. i wish it was a different font i wish it looked different it's my only issue my only hang up otherwise i think yeah, they yeah. look great how do you feel now i noticed that you know i think the dark blue transitioning to the light blue on the front the dark blue yeah. on the back i like that uh you know they kind of have that wolf fur kind of transition effect on yep. the sides that we saw mm-hmm. from the armpits down to the waist yeah, basically the that we saw from the first city edition jersey that mm-hmm. gray one all the way back in the jimmy butler year yeah. um but i noticed from the neck down to the top of the shoulders it's just a oh, straight line yeah it, it is a you know two-tone yeah clear cut off no transition yeah they didn't uh, you know yeah they didn't put that little effect on the shoulders i kind of like it it no. works for me yeah that's fine but yeah two different blues it looks good and yeah. you know i guess if it, uh, and if it were up to me i would take off uh the new logo from the shorts me i too. still think it's weird to have both uh cir- a circle on each leg i'd rather just have it on one leg keep yeah. the old one but hey that's okay. I already said I'd rather have the, that KG era M and T with the whole fur <laughs> yes. around the outside. That was always the weirdest kind of secondary logo. So the MT, I have that on the shorts too. I like that MT. Uh, but yeah, we're we're back in person in the studio here. Thanks for joining us. Wolfcast uh, is back with you today on the show. Um, you know, lots of things to get to. We're going to talk about Coach Finch. We got to analyze the coach from time to time. Finchy, as Finchy. Ant said, you know he. Yeah. Acting out of character, Finchy acting yeah. out of character, motivating his team. Uh, the last night was the Kings game for us. We're recording this on a Thursday, right before who are, who are we playing Spurs? Spurs. We're recording this during the Spurs game, so uh-huh. just to give you an idea of our perspective, because you're listening to this tomorrow. So when I say last night's game, I'm not talking about Spurs. I'm talking about the Kings. 
Uh, we have to talk about the fouls and the referee situation. We are going to, uh, you know, talk a little bit about uh, Marnie Gellner. Uh, you know, sideline microphone. She's she's hanging it up. So we'll talk about that. We have a wonderful sponsor, and then uh, cold takes is uh, is happening here. Ooh. We have been. Uh, we have been, uh, you know, keeping our we've been our cold takes have really been a hibernation, um, but uh, I think they're ready to go here. I don't know if that's the right analogy. Maybe our, maybe the takes uh, sleep in the winter. I don't know if that's that's not really the best. I found thing. out that bears don't actually sleep throughout the winter. That's oh. not what hibernation means. They're, they're just, just a lot of times they're just awake, laying in there. They just don't need food. Yeah, they're just chilling. They're just staying, you yeah, know, staying in the hole. But yeah. they're not necessarily sleeping the whole time. Yeah, we'll also have weekly wolfies, and we'll have a game, but. You know how we do. We got started with the week recap. The week that was, oh my gosh! Oh, but but before we do week recap, Scott, we have a very special, a very special uh, announcement to make, and uh, that's appropriate with the wo- the cold takes. Yeah, you know, things are getting cold. I was cold today. I took Piper on a walk. I was freezing. Yeah, we, I gotta maybe we'll mention it there too. But uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe if you've uh, are a recent, uh, you know, uh, joiner to this podcast, uh, welcome first of all. But uh, we used to make merchandise. We still uh, have merchandise, and uh, we have a store on our website. You gotta go check it out because uh, we want to feature our wolf palm hat. The price has been dropped. It's only twenty bucks. It's a great, um, you know, winter hat for you to wear uh, two games or to go sledding or whatever you want to do. And uh, we just want to let you know it's there. We're getting them out again. There's lots of other stuff you can get too, but the palm hat is really. It's always been the most popular. Really been the most popular item it's, and most functional yeah. for me because, oh, yeah. like, I, I I literally was wearing mine earlier today when I was walking yep. Piper. May have brought that up earlier on the pod. Me walking my dog, <laughs> uh, but you know, you put the earbuds in and then you put the hat on top, and oh. it doesn't feel like they're they're squishing them into your head Perfect. or anything. It just feels like a nice little soft pillow Squishing. keeping them, you know, pushed up against your ears. I I think it's a perfect dog walking hat. Yeah. So the link to that will be in the show notes, and for you, the loyal listener to this podcast. We got a promo code that will get you free shipping. Uh, AntFax is the promo code there. A N T F A C T S. No space. No space. Put that in the promo code when you buy, and uh, we'll ship it to you for free. So check out the, the Wolf Palm Hat. Uh, link in the show notes. That's our product. Go check it out. Help us pay for this podcast. All right. Now it's re- week recap time. Scott, five and nine is the Wolves' record. They're 13th in defense, they're 26th. In offense, that's the 24th best net rating. And, uh, Scott, there were four games this week. How did the team do? How did the team fare in their four games since we last recorded? Could have done better, could have done worse, Neil. It started off on a high, ended on a high, so... Uh, I guess maybe not ended on a high, more like ended on a note of relief. That's right. Uh, but first of all, we, you know, we went to L.A., and as has been the case over the past couple years, I know that maybe in the last year or so it's been tough, but basically since, you know... The rebuild after Kobe Bryant, we've been taking it to the Lakers a whole lot, you know? Yeah, they've missed the playoffs a few years. Used to be a team in this area, Neil. Used to, oh, uh, really? I've heard they've won their first five championships here in Minneapolis. Oh, I'll have to look into the history on that one. Well, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty cool. So anyways, it's always good to go to, uh, you know, for the last time, the Staples Center. Because now it's right. going to be, what, CryptoCoin.com yeah, Center crypt, or something? <laughs> crypto.com. Ooh, man. The Crypt. The Crypt. It's already been oh, saying. I like that. The Crypt. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't at all fit with the kind of like 
Hollywood stars, <laughs> like the Showtime kind of vibe. But like, yeah, let's it is kind of an older building. It was built in like 2000 or like 98 or well, 99. If so. that's the crypt, what's the target center? You know, <laughs> you know yeah, it's the tomb. <laughs> yeah, the tomb. That's where, the tomb where, or where players' careers go to die. Yeah, that's right. But, uh, you know, no LeBron, but I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth there. A win is a win. Yeah. And man, we really took it to him. You know, if right. I have uh, friends who are Lakers fans and they've been struggling with uh, the team this season. So, you mm. know, you got to take it to teams though when they're down when they are lost and trying to find themselves those are the teams you got to beat because next time we see the lakers they might have their s figured out a little bit yeah when you've lost six in a row you can't you can't you can't uh you know denigrate the opponent that you've just uh you just beat you take the win exactly and that that was important to end that losing streak because Uh if we didn't lose it and that losing streak there, it would have dragged on terribly because, right. you know, I don't know if it was, Neil, maybe a Friday night win in L.A. You go out and you have a good old time and then you have to wake up the next day or maybe even, you know, you you, you, you don't even go to sleep and then you wake up, you know, <laughs> just, anyways, just keep it going. <laughs> it looked like we didn't get any sleep because the very next night we came back to Staples, the tomb or the crypt, the crypt, excuse, the crypt and we got our butts kicked for the third time in the past like two weeks by the Los Angeles Clippers who really have our number more than any other team we've seen this season. Yeah. Like you're saying, it's, it's hard to play a back to back. It's hard when it's in LA might be some, might be some partying happening. And then, yeah, I think it's just the team that the wolves don't match up against very well because their size and they even have one of the Morris brothers there but like they just they just know what to do they have the template for beating the wolves with you know not guarding towns and running zone and stuff like that or throwing so, doubles at towns like yeah. towns was he had his worst game. Oh, sorry not not guarding yeah. towns but not guarding vando and right. sort of having a having a free safety out there playing yeah. defense towns had his worst game in years it's the first yeah. time he hasn't scored double digit points since like his rookie year or something like that something crazy like it's that it's an ugly game i mean they were out of it kind of early you know, before and, before oh, the half was, it was over a blowout and you know like i said maybe it's just because we've played them so three times already this month but this is a team that has a scouted out yeah you know whereas the suns or the nuggets or whatever First those time. are good teams but this, yeah. you know maybe they don't scout as much but it's like a third time this team knows how to get to us yeah. and their game plan has beaten us three times actually kind of uh i mean i'm not going to hold it too too much against finch because it had the back-to-back after a win in la on the weekend kind of thing we were talking about but finch man we only get to play them one more time you got to make some adjustments to show that you can you can right. outfox Ty Lue. You, you, you know? understand there's a problem here. Right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah. we we don't have to play them again until January, thank God. But uh, I'm looking forward to being done with that season series because, you know, it's, it stinks too. you got to think Pat Bev wants a little revenge. So yeah, I mean, give, oh, give him one of those. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, Paul George is a very good basketball player. You know uh, what I always thought? I will say this for our friend Andrew Wiggins. I always thought he did a great job matching up against Paul George. We miss him. We yeah. miss him guarding him. Yeah. And then uh, so day off on Sunday and then right back to it on Monday. Wolves uh, lose a good one um, at home against Phoenix, 96 to 99. I thought, thought that was a really good game. Yeah, um, uh, it was. It so. reminded me of the Nuggets game where at the end we lost by just a couple points, and it was like you know there's a, a lot of things the Wolves could have done differently. I mean, we lost by what was it, three points in a game where we had two technical fouls and 22 turnovers or something, you know? Yeah. And also like just like it was a game that had a lot of issues with the officiating so you think that any kind of small thing could have gone the other way and changed this outcome so i felt like we really missed an opportunity on one hand and their eight game winning streak the suns were on when they came in here um but unfortunately you know we just didn't get it but i still felt like it was a good effort 
Yeah, it was hard in the end. I mean, Booker started hitting all those shots, and you know, the Suns are just a you know obviously going to the finals last year. But Aiton was back in this game, so they got that you know happening again. Like you said, they they won you know seven going into this game or whatever, so they're on a roll. Plus, it's cool when the rules let you jump up and down with the <laughs> basketball and you don't get called for traveling. So, I mean, I I might think that some Keep of those jumping. scenes also helped the Suns out a little bit. <laughs> traveling, <laughs> we'll talk about cares? it. We'll talk about it. And uh, then obviously last night being Wednesday night for us, mm-hmm. uh, that was the Sacramento game looked iffy for a minute there man Neil I tell you we're up an ugly one we're up by like eight points with like 20 seconds left and I'm still like watching the game through my (laughs) fingertips you know I'm like I'm sweating I'm I'm like my my heart palpitations are going wild you know Uh, just because it's like there's there's no safety until after the whistle maybe maybe even after the post-game press conference you know it's just oh I was sweating bullets because this would have been a bad one this would have been a really bad one to lose yeah it's one of those games that yeah the Wolves need to take care of business here uh you know with the road trip behind them and uh you know they kind of have a uh, kind of a quietly not quietly but a pretty tough december uh kind of coming up here and then uh, january we only have three home games all month yeah so you know this is just one of those where it's like you know and you know again as we record this the spurs game even though it's another back-to-back um you'd like to see that one in the win column as well looking back on that so you just got to take care of business here the league's too tough the west is too tough uh you're at home uh, you're pretty healthy. You got you got to do that. So uh, that was good to see. And then to Sacramento, I mean, we were talking about it before. You know, it's just, you know, they're kind of like, you know, Timberwolves West or something like that, where they're just another, like, sorry franchise that can't Re- seem to get it all together. Reboot after failed reboot after yeah. failed reboot. Yeah. You know, nothing Sad ever fans. seems to go yeah, right. Just they a have snake, a new arena. Snake like bitten franchise. About. Yeah, I mean, the one thing the Wolves have going for them that the Canes don't is that we've made the playoffs in the last – 18 years now I think the Kings are going on (laughs) like thank God for the Seattle Mariners or I think the Kings would have the longest playoff drought in sports and we know how that fails you know and before we got our got our one playoff appearance in with Jimmy we were in that boat so we get that but Sacramento does have the new arena so they don't have the existential threat of their team moving out of town you know a new arena buys you what 10 years of this uh, in this day and age it doesn't buy you much but it buys you a little bit and they also are in California so you know they don't have that excuse for not getting free agents but I will say, you know who's thankful about the outcome of last night's game, even though they probably don't know the outcome of last night's game? Ooh. ooh. That's my wife, Meg, everybody, because she made the mistake of watching the Lakers game with me. First game she watched oh, with me this season, yeah. and we won. And then I told her, you know what? If I will start go back to losing, I'm going to make you, I'm going to force you to watch every game with me. After the oh, Monday night game against the Phoenix, I was like, I might, I might make you watch Wednesday nights, but she was busy last night. I watched on my own. We won without her, so now I don't have all to right. force her to watch all the games with me. Well, you know, I'm sure she would be uh, happy. You know, if, if she knew she was the good luck charm, I think she'd be in. Especially because she has had it with Mike Nori already. Everybody. Oh, we got to talk about this. Yeah, before we get to full court press, we we have to d- discuss the whole Micah Nori situation. Uh, assistant coach. Um, Got a lot of enthusiasm. The, what do they call him? Like not deputy, but what's like the first assistant coach? Like oh. they, like uh, they have like. You I know, know what you're saying. The, yeah. This per- Micah is always sitting right next to Finch. He's he's. It feels like he's his direct left hand man or whatever. Right? Yeah, so, there's a name for it. I'm blanking yeah, on it too. Yeah. But associate. Yeah, uh, it's his month. I think you said they switch off months. Yeah. that they do the halftime. Uh, I wasn't aware of that, but yeah. he has been bringing some enthusiasm. I think that he has charmed some people. Well, we're but, talking about the interview. The yeah. before the. Third 
third quarter starts interview. Right. Yes. And, uh, you know, I, th- I thought it was nice how he recognized Marnie. You know, we'll get into that, that in a little nice, bit. Yeah. But uh, he seems to be trying to have a joke every in his first answer that he is it's very clearly prepared. Like, the first time I heard him say something, I was right. like, oh, is that off the top of his head? That's really fun Everyone's and charming. Like, oh, this yeah, guy. Like, oh, this guy. Hey, I can't yeah. wait to hear more from him. <laughs> but now it's a bit, obviously, because he's, he's forcing like it. He's forcing it really hard. My, uh, my wife, Meg, hated his one against the Lakers where he said, uh, we're like SpongeBob. We had too many holes early. <laughs> Meg's like, what does that mean to have holes early? What does yeah. it mean that SpongeBob has holes early? It doesn't even make any sense. So she hates him now. And yeah, he did on uh, Wednesday. He did Boom Goes the Dynamite. Um, you know, uh, obviously, uh, you know, again, it's not like the most obvious thing, but, it, you know, it's, it's not that like that reference is necessarily bad, but. I think what we're responding to is like the the sort of inauthentic nature of it. Right. It's now exactly. clear. It's right? not it's not organic. It's not organic. He's not just like riffing and coming up with this stuff. And if you're if you're planning it out ahead of time, then I have higher expectations for your joke. Because Good if point. I know you're Good coming point. with a pre written joke and you say boom goes the dynamite, I'm rolling my eyes so hard I don't even hear your answer to the second question. I think <laughs> it's undermining his interviews because <laughs> the joke comes first and then you don't hear is like he's had some good answers. You know, I think he actually has said some illuminating things Great about point. the team. Great point. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm rolling my eyes so hard. Sometimes I miss that part. So, I mean, this is, this, I always have trouble with this kind of stuff too, because on one hand, I think, um, you know, the sideline stuff is a little, a little empty calories. It's a little, it's usually just, you know, pleasantries are just like, okay, here's the obvious stuff. We need to rebound. We need more effort. Like it's just like general stuff. So, I kind of feel bad coming down on the guy for bringing something different to the experience because it kind of is usually kind of forgettable. So on one hand, I appreciate him putting some time and some like entertainment value into it. But on the other hand, I'm mostly with you where I'm like, oh, you're just making these like, okay, I I don't really need that. So I'm of two minds of it. I I kind of feel bad, uh, uh, you know, dunking on someone who's just trying to bring something new to this this um, you know paradigm or this you know situation that often doesn't have anything fun about it. <laughs> You're absolutely right, and I'm not here to condemn. <laughs> just him. one month. I'm just telling him to shape up a little bit. That's you know, right. like yeah, I'll sharpen I, up. I like the idea. I like the energy. I really like the energy. I'll say that. Yep. But uh, I just think he needs to focus it a little bit better. <laughs> don't don't let me down, Nori. Yeah, let us know what you guys think about Nori. I don't know. Maybe people are loving it, and we're I know weirdos. Dave and Jim seem to love yeah. it. So you again, know. if you're on the broadcast, you're like, cool. This is great. Thank you. Right. <laughs> Exactly. We're doing this. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. You know who we didn't see at the Lakers game? Who's that? Who's that? Who did New man on the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> didn't see Lizzo there this no, year. No, was not sitting courtside this time. Although, you did Did you see that Adam Sandler clip? Yeah, yeah. He's standing he around up. Staples, and he was like, can you go Can you go get Ant for me? Ant. I, I, need, I need to talk to that guy. And so he had, like, Vandal run over and I get Ant or something. Said. Maybe someday we'll know what, said, what like, he said. I want you in my next movie. Movie, come through. Um, all right, cool. That's, that's week recap. Let's do full court press we can talk about chris finch here's the tip all right we've talked about the team a lot rotations how players are out there balling uh you know what they're good at what they're not so good at right now uh the schedule we've talked about a lot of different things about you know what has happened in the first few weeks of timberwolves basketball here this season but you know we haven't really specifically talked about uh one chris finch and so i thought it was a good time to discuss 
what's happening with the coach and sort of how much we think the Wolves, uh, you know, positive aspects and negative aspects can sort of be attributed to the coach here. I mean, obviously he's, he's very highly regarded and everyone coming into this season, no one said a bad thing about him. Uh, no one, uh, you know, questioned anything really at all. It's just all, all roses all around. But now the team's kind of, you know, has a losing record, kind of maybe a little bit disappointing, although I think, you know, I think a lot of that is, you know, sort of just small sample size stuff. But uh, I don't know, Scott, what do you what have you thought about Chris Finch recently and for the beginning of this season? And what when you watch the games, like what kind of things do you attribute to him and um and, and and sort of yeah, what do you put at like a, on a coach versus a player? It's a very hard sort of thing to understand, right? It's a, I think coaching is very hard to analyze in any sport for for a lot of things, you know. So it's kind of well, a yeah, tricky we've, conversation. We've had lots of conversations about coaches here over the years because there's usually a new one every season of Wolves Cast to uh-huh. talk about. So um, and yeah, we've talked about you know there's the X's and O's aspect that's a little bit easier for us as fans. I mean, obviously he drew that great play up at the end of the Phoenix game. We got D'Lo that wide open layup you know it was mm. just like a great out of timeout call i was like mm-hmm. man that's that's the kind of stuff yeah i was just right, little, like, i was in my notes around. i was like man the timberwolves never execute down the stretch i just trust the suns to execute plays and then they ran that play and wide, wide open, open layup <laughs> so you know I, I was like okay respect there and you know that's the funny thing is last year if you asked me about him i'd say like he's really unlocked this offense after he got here you know ant broke out and like a lot of guys just started making shots and the offense looked better than it had looked you know the entire time ryan was here and this season the offense looks terrible and the defense all of a sudden we're playing spirited defense like not just are we we are we playing a better defensive concepts and things like that but we're actually you know trying hard which is something i haven't seen from this wolves team since Thibodeau. you know i think that that is the first part that i think really is on coaching is like inspiring your players to kind of go beyond what they have done in the past so i think to your point that is a that is a, a notch in the you know in the you know chris finch favor of like hey you're you did this like the defensive um you know improvement that this team has made i think is a lot about finch and having these guys move around so much and 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 scramble and all that stuff yeah exactly and you know there's sometimes i wonder about things like you know you know, Towns, once again, crying about the refs, letting, yeah. it, letting it really derail the game. And I think, you know, it's tough for Ant because his role models are Towns and Bev, two guys who just <laughs> earn technicals like they're, you know, like, I don't yeah. know, something really easy to earn. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um, you know, I, I think that now Ant's getting all these technicals too. And it's just like, especially during the Suns, there was a game, there was when Cat was freaking out, he basically derailed the entire game. Yep, and it happened it, again. And like, no coach has ever been able to get cat to stop doing that but you know that's one of those things like sometimes like they came out so flat against the clippers you know the question is well i tweeted i was live tweeting you know those two games I in la it. i loved it i tweeted you know like I won the lakers game too. time to bring in the third strainers in the fourth quarter you mm. know what finch did he made his starters play and on one hand i'm like is you know there's two different ways to teach your guys is lessons one is saying <laughs> it's a blowout go out there and play in this embarrassing blowout that you have orchestrated yeah but the other way could be like you guys don't deserve any minutes let's see what you know leandro can do yep. but um so there's stuff like that too where it's just like how responsible is he for the energy we're showing up with night overnight because sometimes that's kind of an issue too so it's hard to tell what a coach yeah. is responsible 
responsible for and what he's not. Yeah, and I think you know for this year it's interesting. I mean, obviously we've been talking about all season is sort of the the, the expectations and how everything's flipped uh, with this team and you know with the offense and the defense and and everything. That's kind of been you know if not the biggest story, you know one of the biggest stories of this season is how the offense has been so far behind the defense. So on one hand you have to give Finch credit for the defense being so good, but on the other hand I think a lot of the offense um, you know I think can be uh, laid at his feet of the issues that they're having here sure a lot of it he keeps saying hey these are good shots we're just missing them and uh, I agree with that I agree that this team would look a lot better if just a few more shots fell every single night three more shots threes like fell every night it's a huge difference so I do believe in that and I do think they are getting a lot of good shots but there's just a lot of other um, elements of the offense that looks so stagnant, so much isolation. Um, a lot has been made with Chris Finch and his, uh, you know, his, his overall philosophy seems to be to like kind of give players rope and to kind of let them do what they're best at and kind of form the offense around them. So maybe I'm hoping that this is like an ongoing project and, you know, by game 35 or something like that, they have this all humming. But it is concerning to this point, you know, as we kind of get close to the one-fourth uh, marker of the season that the offense, especially as a guy who's supposed to be an offensive-minded coach, uh, on one hand, you could say, okay, it's definitely going to come back around. But on the other hand, I'm more to, here to say, like, why hasn't this happened already? Like, even beyond the shots falling from three, I feel like the offense should look better and should be sort of, uh, you know, fundamentally a little bit more uh, open. So I, I'm a little bit more worried about the offensive side of things here than I am, like, impressed about the defense. Yeah, and it's tough. You know, I don't envy the role that he's in because, you know, basically his entire bench is not doing is is suffering right now. We came in here this season after the preseason being like, man, we got we go 14 deep, you know, we got so much depth on this team. Now you look at this bench squad and, you know, Jaden if he's you know not starting could barely stay on the floor with all this yeah. foul trouble right now. Um, Bando thankfully had a good game against the Canes, but he's been looking overextended. You know, mm-hmm. he just got played by the Clippers and stuff like that. Okogi has been so bad on offense that he's been set, sat through many games. Yeah, and, DMP. And Torian Prince can't get on the court either. And then you add in Michael Be- <laughs> Michael Beasley. Man, Michael Beasley can make a shot. Malik Beasley. I, I bet that happen all the time. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm telling you, Michael Beasley might be able to make more shots than Malik right now. Malik <laughs> looks out of sorts. Yeah. And so it's just like, what are you going to do with that? I mean, you're basically... Basically, there's three guys on this team carrying you, and that's Cat, Ant, and Delo. And you know, we could talk about their struggles, but I mean, when you compare it to the rest of the team struggling, those are the guys who are kind of the only thing going right now, right now, besides yeah. Pat Bev, obviously. And so, I just think it's tough. I mean, do you, you know, do you blame him for not changing up Beasley? Maybe try to start Beasley. I mean, he's obviously not finding his rhythm off the bench. I don't know if it's coming off the bench thing. Obviously, he came off the bench pretty well in Denver, um, but you know, he's not being as successful as last season when he was a starter. And so, like, maybe you just try to change that up and see if that changes anything. I think Beasley's problem might be something different. I mean, and they have like there has been how many you know five different starting lineups so far. Usually, it's you know, it's not a guard who they're changing out. It's kind of. Tinkering with, Bev, you yeah, know, but, tinkering yeah. with the power forward kind of position mostly, but I, I, I do like that about Finch is that he's not afraid to try new lineups and stuff. So but may, if, maybe it's Beasley's one of those guys that needs to be maybe rotated in to see if that if that can work. I mean, if their offensive struggles continue on, I would I would you know I would predict that that would happen. You know, so yeah. but to your point, it doesn't look like we're running much on offense in terms of plays yeah. or set plays like that. I mean, we've got a horn set we use sometimes, but it seems like. 
that's about yeah. it. You know, I do think with the offense though, like he's getting these minutes right now where uh, you know he takes D'Lo out early, kind of lets Cat and Ant yep. play most of the first, and then he'll put in D'Lo and Beasley with three defenders. Have the Vando, Okogi, maybe Nas. Yeah. You know, yep. who's not the best defender if, compared to those other guys. But sometimes you have three defenders who can't play anything on offense out there with D'Lo and Beasley. And D'Lo and Beasley aren't taking shots. In those yep. cases, we need you guys to be gunners. You know, yeah. I'm not going to question any kind of three point shot you take when you're out there with three non offensive players. You just know, trying to get by in those minutes. And, and it's just like you know, that's the other thing. I mean, maybe you know Beasley's still working himself into shape, and that'll help him get more open shots. But it's just like when you two are out there, and as the only two guys who can score, you need to take every shot. We can't just keep throwing it to Jo under the hoop. Like how many times <laughs> does Jo have the ball under the hoop with no idea what to do with it? You know. Like, I feel bad for him, but he's the only one who makes things happen on offense. He keeps winding up with the ball under the hoop because he's the only one cutting and doing things, you know? So, um, you know, that's just what I've been observing. Yeah, so, I mean, I think Finch is, you know, I think it's fair to start to question some of these things right now. Fair to, yeah, bring up this offense and, you know, when's it going to, you know, have more ball movement and just people movement, just humans moving around on the floor would be good. It's so stagnant right now, so... I don't know. I, I am looking for that to improve. And then as far as rotations go, I mean, I think I like what's happening right now. It seems to be shortening the rotation a little bit. I mean, J-Mac did play again last uh, Wednesday night. Um, so I'm not sure about that. I mean, I think overall you want to shorten that down to nine guys or something if you can. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of where that goes. But um, just just interesting to kind of keep an eye on Chris Finch here. Scott, do you have anything else about the offense that you're you're hoping to see or, or any other ideas about how – you know, maybe you could see improvement from the Wolves' offense um, here in the in the next stretch. One thing I I think we don't have an understanding of is like how because the guys are trying harder on defense, how that saps them on offense energy wise. Mm, yeah, we see it in the fourth quarter. So know? and like so, I'm not going to criticize the team too much as long as they're bringing this defensive energy because I want that, and I think that if we keep bringing that, eventually shots will fall for guys who are missing their shots. Yeah. But I will say, sometimes it looks like we're the laziest team in the league. It's mm-hmm. just like, I bet there's metrics, you know, at the advanced, you know, follow the player all over the course, see how second many miles. Spectrum, are, yeah. sec- second spectrum metrics. Thank you. And I, I bet you can find the right metrics, a suite of metrics, if you will, that you can quantify that we are the laziest or most out of shape team in the league. Because it just seems like, you know, in the first half against the Kings, it's like you're at home, guys. You had you got to sleep in your own beds last night. You didn't have to play on Tuesday night. And, you know, you just look like lazy. And so I don't know. Yeah, a little bit more. Uh, yeah, maybe that maybe that conditioning can come into play. Uh, you know, as the season goes on. But yeah, uh, interesting to talk about Chris Finch, and uh, we'll continue to uh, monitor the job he's doing. But uh, let's move it on here, Scott. We're on to talking about uh, the fouls and the officiating happening right now. He's hitting up. All right, Scott. Uh, topic two here is the officiating. Very. Uh, you know, always, uh, you know, very, especially with a town, a town's team, Carl Anthony Towns being on the team, uh, the officials are going to come into play. There's always going to be drama around that situation. And, uh, you know, after, after Towns had that really intense game, I forget which one it was. It was his second Pelicans game, maybe, where he was just getting, he got everybody. The first ref you suck game. Yeah. <laughs> That you it's, know, uh, because yeah, the because, first and tilt. He, came, he came out against the next game against the Bucks and was famously quiet. was quiet. And yes. we we're like, every, and once again, he does this every year. It's like, yep. oh, cat's matured finally. He's Multiple not letting the refs get year. to him, and then all of a sudden, we're back to him Ugh. getting taken off the court because he's throwing such a fit. Like you can't have him get thrown out of a game. Yeah. So we want to talk about the foul situation as far as the team wide uh, kind of look goes, and. Um, 
Scott, what have you seen recently as far as that um, goes? And just like, what what does the team need to do here to maybe get a few more foul calls? I mean, obviously Edwards is you know someone that doesn't you know feel he feels like he's disrespected by the refs. Towns all day long, well, you know. I guess there's some. There's that more. was the crazy thing about Monday night's game is that Towns got the best whistle he's got in all season in the first half. He went to the line so many times, and you're like, oh yeah, I remember how t- Carl could almost score thirty a game is because he would get Free to the throws. line ten yeah. times, you yeah. know. And he hasn't been doing it all season, and I guess that's and I can understand why that would make him angry at the refs because I do think he deserves some, but yeah. I do also think that his slimmer body is making it a little harder on the post. You know, maybe he's not as forceful and strong, maybe not drawing as many fouls, but it is clear that the refs aren't really blowing the whistle at all. So my blame, Neil, is threefold here. Oh, I want to talk about not one, how, not two. Yeah, I want to talk about the blame that's on the refs, the blame that's on the team, and the blame that's on the fans as well. Oh yeah. Um, I guess the easiest place to start would be just to talk about the refs because I think we all hate the refs. It's, a, it's you know it's a hard job, and honestly, I got to say, of course. The fact that they get so much of it right is almost impossible to do. Like, it's crazy, you know, you see these replays and you're like, no way. And then you see like, oh, the ref saw that that finger touched the ball. They're really good at their jobs. In real time, yeah. So I will say that. But also just like, I think that they, uh, I don't want to ascribe evil motives right away. I want to say that it is gotten to the point where Jaden McDaniels, it's it's absurd what they're calling on him. You know, Mm. I am always a little bit irritable about refs Neil so when I see someone like Britt though Britt Robson great writer <laughs> a little more level-headed than me and everything I'd say um, but he tweeted Jaden McDaniel is a marked man every game now he gets called for fouls that wouldn't get whistled on 98% of other players getting old I yes. like a marked man that's what I'm saying like Jaden is getting calls and there's two two bad calls a game on him and I just I don't know that they decided like last year didn't count as a rookie season for Ant and Jaden because they're giving them the rookie treatment where they're whistling everything on Jaden and they're whistling nothing on Ant. Ant can get mugged. He's getting beat up at the rim and they're not calling anything. And I don't know what Ant needs to do because it's obviously getting in his head. That's the thing that I'm worried about is that the refs like attitude towards Ant is going to ruin Ant's player development. And people on Twitter, I tweeted about this. They were agreeing with me that what happens is Ant, you see him now going to the rim and trying to avoid contact instead of going through people. And so you're creating all these bad habits in this young player. And if they, if they, you know, like her, uh, I don't want to say curse, but if they hamper his player development by their like BS philosophy of well, let's not call anything on Ant, I don't know what he has to do, you know, to get I don't that think respect. That will happen to him just because of his body type. You know, I think like his physicality will always be such an advantage for him that it's. I think it's hard that you know it would things would have to get real bad like much worse to have it be a situation where he no longer you know uses that as 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 a tool for him for efficiency because you know I don't know obviously he's so athletic there's so many different things he can do um so there is something of an adjustment period but yeah you're right you it's 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 hard when yeah you're in year 2 now and you're still not getting these calls and it's it's hard because we all want him to drive to the hoop more and do more of that kind of stuff and uh when it's being uh discouraged by you know the lack of foul calls you know, that is tough, but I don't know. I wonder if a lot of this can get evened out. I think, I don't know. I, I think it's still a weird time in the beginning of the season with the new emphasis and stuff like that and different different things around the rim happening. So, you know, I don't think Ant, it, that's the weird thing, though, is Ant's not really a, you know, a BS foul guy. You know, he's not like doing the hard in like rip through moves or Snapping anything like that. Snapping his head back when like yeah, Cat, Cat got just... the biggest flop call in the world. He got the, he, he jumped back behind the three point line and snapped his back, his head back on nothing and got the call. And that's really hard because that's the other thing. 
thing is you, you don't want these players to develop these habits of needing to sell the call in a certain way. But in, 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 on the other hand, that is about, that's part of learning about being in the NBA and learning how to get to the line and these kinds of things is you do need to find out what the rules are and just to them. I mean, it's kind of happening. We're seeing with Harden and Trey Young and all these guys now is like the rules have changed a little bit and they need to figure out how to still get to the line, still be able to be efficient while not, um, not doing what you used to do because they're not, no longer going to call that. So I definitely think that, um, you know, hopefully Ant can, as he grows up, as he continues to mature, he can continue to find those ways to get to the line rather than, um, you know, think it needs to be one thing because something needs to change. And, and maybe that is something that the refs can change, and you know, over time and, you know, the idea of superstar calls and all that kind of thing. But also, yeah, maybe Ant needs to, you know, get a little head head uh, head whip going or some other, maybe be more vocal. I think I said he, that. He I should think scream. I said that someone he should do else. the Ricky Rubio yeah, that scream that. every time you yeah. get the refs. Certain guys make a lot of noise. Ant really doesn't say anything. No, hey, we don't hear or, him. We got to start yeah. hearing that. Eh, eh, yeah. eh, the Ricky. <laughs> or I, I think of deal all the time you always hear hey yeah definitely you gotta let him know you gotta help him out you know i will say though like you're saying like yeah like harden's had a hard time because his his antics of drawing whistles isn't working this year you know who it's still working for chris paul the man who's made a career out of forcing the refs to make decisions and again i talked about this earlier that's why i say cats should stop fighting with the refs because the refs always win look what happened to chris paul and scott foster in the finals last season you know what i'm saying is the refs don't get that reputation. And that's why I want Ant to stop fighting with the refs. I don't want the refs to start treating him like Cat, where I think the refs are so sick of Cat, you know, oh, yeah. that there's no benefit of the doubt for Cat anymore. It's been like years and years right. is the thing. And yeah. it's not, it's got to worse. And so I don't want Ant to get that same treatment from refs because I do think they treat Cat a certain way. Because to be fair, I, I think it's kind of a cycle. It's a. Ouroboros, you know, it's a snake eating its own tail kind Ooh, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that we act like the victim and that, you know, makes bad calls, which increases our victimhood, which makes more bad calls. And so, like, I think Cat is kind of bringing this on himself in some ways. You know, it's like yep. he doesn't get a call he thinks he has, so he yells at the refs, and the refs are like, I don't want to give you a call. And then that means more bad calls. And then, you know, it just kind Endless of kills itself. But yeah, totally. I do want to say before I get off the refs case in that. Man, that the Suns game was really bad. You know, the stuff you can get away against with the Timberwolves seems like I think sometimes it just feels like, oh, you're the Timberwolves. We don't have to, you know, treat you the same way. Because like Chris <laughs> Paul literally jumped up and down in the air holding the ball, did not get a travel. We all saw the Pat Beverly quote unquote foul on Devin Booker, did not touch him. Devin Booker just splayed out. Talk about a guy who's learning how to like change his game to get the calls. Devin Booker Booker, just kicks his foot into anyone on any shot. You know, it's just like, if my foot touches him, I'm going to get a foul. And I mean, the refs came out with a two-minute report and said, oops, we we screwed you again, Wolf. Second time this season, the two-minute report says, yeah, you probably lost the game because of us blowing a call on you. And so the refs are being bad in that sense. Um, Really frustrating to watch. But I, uh, you know, I do think, here's my my new theory, Neil. uh, I think now with coaches' challenges, you should never use them. Because I think what we saw was after Finch yeah. used the coach's challenge on Monday, the refs started calling bad call after bad call after mm. bad call after bad call against the Wolves. And they were just like, what can you do, Finch? You can't do anything. You used your call. And so I wonder if it's a Timberwolves thing, but probably more likely a referee thing. Where in their mind, they're like, that challenge is gone. We can not have to worry so much about making good calls or bad calls or close calls against that team because they can't challenge me. So let me just go ahead and make all the calls in favor of the other team that still has their challenge. I don't know. That's conspiracy theater theory there. Um, you know, we're going so deep on this and I still have so much to say and we're running through time. So, 
Um, but yeah, I want to say the players, a lot of it's on their fault. They need to get their stuff together. Uh, Ant, Cat, um, you know, come on. You're killing yourselves there. So mature, please, because it's definitely your fault as well. You can't change the refs. All you can do is change your game. So I think that's an issue to fix. And then finally, the thing I want to talk about is Wolves fans. Because the crowd is seems to be the only thing that gets them fired up is yelling at the refs. We have, you know, I, I say people sometimes love it. You the, just said the you, team you, adopts you're into it. Like you, t- you like to talk about uh, the refs stuff. True. Like people uh, like to get their ire up about the man. You uh, know what I mean? Like it's not even like you're you're cheering at like it's not even like you're booing the other team. You're booing it's the like system. The system is the refs, and they're like they're right in the middle of all this. So it's like, oh yeah, we can all boo the refs. Like let's go. Like so people like it. I, I don't think it's like insane. I think it's like people are here to like cheer on their team and. Part of cheering on their team is cheering against the refs. Right. And I, I do think that, like, you know, I, I've said before, sometimes the team kind of takes after their best player, you know? They, they set the tone. And so, like, the yeah. whole team is now following Cat's lead. And, and, and he's done it twice now. And he's, getting he's, on the refs and letting the refs up, take him out of the game and stuff like that. He's amped up target center to do the refs you suck chant twice now. And, and it really is such a weird feel. Like... I don't know. Maybe it's, it's, maybe some people like it because it's like, oh, now it's real in here. But like, I think it's awkward, and I think it's like to your point, it's the wrong thing to focus on. It's like dumb to focus on the refs. You can't do anything about it. It feeds into the wolves' victimhood when they're like, exactly. the whole the whole crowd is like, yeah, we got the crowd on our side. Let me come and try try to draw a dumb foul now. Oops, it didn't work. You yeah. Know? But I, I think it's it's a weird look from the fan base here because we've said Target Center always looks so dead on the broadcast. And I think about all the time, what can we do to prevent this? Like, can we lower the lights on the arena? Because it just looks so bad. It's so quiet. We've talked before about how fans have just been conditioned over a decade plus of terrible teams to like look at their phone and not like get up or anything. And I don't blame the fans for that. But I think that it's, it's, it's a bad look for uh Minneapolis when the only time you can hear the crowd is when they chant ref you suck yeah, you don't hear like you don't victims. hear them when you know your team is making great plays you don't hear them you know when your team's playing good defense you only hear them when they're yelling at the refs and so I think the crowd itself is kind of adopting this victim kind of mindset yeah. and I think that it's just uh, it's all just like a toxic whirlpool right now and so it's not fun it's really it's really not fun to like think about the officiating like like more than the basketball like yeah, exactly. I just, that's why i don't buy into it it's just like no the basketball is an important thing and so i just think that there's been so many trends that kind of tie into the officiating that came into a head this week that we had to have this moment on the pod to talk about it but i think at the end of the day my advice for fans is the same as my advice for cat which is you can't beat the refs so all you can do is adjust your behavior if they're being unfair to you there's no way you can make justice out of this. You yeah. know, it, it's an unjust system, but all you can do is change your response to it. And so, you know, whew, never fun to talk about, but man, they drive. They, it's, it's why I don't it's like Chris Paul. Issue. Chris Paul yeah. drives me nuts every time I watch him because he makes every game about the referee. Yeah. I just don't like any player who does that kind of stuff. You know, it's just, just, yeah, it's focusing on the wrong thing. Man, Chris Paul, when he gets in the bonus, licking his lips, you know, he's like, I'm going to draw so many free throws now. <laughs> all right, moving on. He's on fire. All right, one more thing here before we get to our sponsor, and uh, we'd be remiss if we uh, didn't give a little shout out right here to uh, Bally Sports, uh, Bally Sports North's own Marnie Gellner. She is, uh, she is, uh, you know, thankfully not leaving the, you know, the area, not leaving the broadcast, but hanging up the sideline reporting gig. Um, you know, to be, uh, she's going to instead just be in the pregame and postgame. She's kind of going to be more of an anchor rather than, uh, you know, someone uh, with the roaming, roaming mic and chiming in on the broadcast and stuff like that. And I don't know. I just think, uh, Marnie is such a, such a, you know, Minnesota sports in general. She's all over the place. She can do it all. 
Uh, you know, she's on Twins broadcast. I don't know if she does wild. I think maybe she doesn't really do wild so much. But uh, you know, she, she does play by play for the WNBA for the Lynx. You know? Yep, she's doing that, and she's just been all over the place. She's very versatile. And uh, just just sort of you know becoming a legend in in Minnesota broadcasting history right now and so yeah it was 19 years ago that uh, you know she she's been she's been the sideline reporter for 19 years <laughs> 19 years of Timberwolves basketball I mean what the team is like 30 years old now so it's like <laughs> two thirds of the time it's like mm-hmm. Ben Hur and stuff so she's moving up to the booth so she'll still be there but uh, no more sideline reporting for Marnie but um, I don't know Sky you you. Uh, Obviously, watch both twins and and wolves. What do you think about Marnie Gellner's work as in general, and just like as the sideline reporter for the wolves? She's impeccable. You know, she is yeah. the gold standard. She's been here, you know, for like you said, forever, and she just seems to be getting better and better. You know, and she is she has a great relationship with the broadcasting crew, both twins and Tim Rolls. I mm. mean, the way they they did clown on each other and stuff <laughs> is so fun. Yeah, so fun, and she's fun on social media and stuff too. So I got nothing for love for Marnie. I'm glad that she's. Uh, I'm sure that she wanted to make the move to staying at home so she probably doesn't have to travel as much you know she's got grady that little cop <laughs> i'm watching you grady snitch yeah what a snitch but i will say that uh you know i'm happy for her i hope she continues to work her way up let's get kevin lynch out of there let's have it be the marnie and rebecca halftime oh, show come on i love it that's right yeah no, and uh, yeah. shout out to what her name katie is the new girl or yep, whatever katie so, storm i'm or, sure she'll yeah. do fine she had a good first week you know yeah. but she's got big shoes to fill she's gonna have to be doing it for like a decade plus before she can start sniffing around the marnie gellner status yeah i wouldn't want to follow up marnie on and that that's one. the thing is you see people come through minnesota a lot where it's a stopping station they use this job to jump onto bigger and better things and who can blame them? So right. Marnie's always seemed like, you know, I'm sure she's had offers that would take her elsewhere. And she's, she's remained loyal to the Good market. Point. Yeah. Know? She knows the stuff here so well, knows the teams and the organization so well. Let's get, you know, really shows. We don't make the cool merch anymore. They got like no cap space and Jake Graff's oh, yeah. making cool merch. Somebody should make a cool Marnie Gelder design. Yeah, yeah. I think it would Marnie do well. Marnie T. Let's go. Yeah. Let's get that going. Soda stick. You, yeah. you guys go make a Marnie Gelder Yeah, there design. it is. That's a great idea, Scott. All right. Uh, that does it for full court press. Time to, uh, you know, talk about a Sponsor here, talk about um, someone who is helping helping this uh, show uh, be possible today. And uh, yeah, so so uh, you know, don't don't need to fast forward through this one. It's a, it's a wonderful uh, sponsor. You should never fast forward. Our yeah, it's not it's not like the Bally Sports sponsor that I got served with over and over. The oh, ad no. targeting's right weird. Oh boy! The only ad I got for the entire Kings game last night was Bren Road Station Senior Living. You have to go. You have to be 55 years old or above to live there, and I got that at every single commercial break. <laughs> wow, we got to make a list of all these. It was like the siding person, like the Steve windows. the window guy dot com. But at yeah. least with that one, like I I moved into a new home. I bought a house last year. I get yeah. why I'd be getting it's targeted rele- with it's that. Relevant. The senior living ads though feel very mistargeted. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, this one uh, I think I think can target everyone who's listening. So let's jump right into it. Uh, we all love. The game of basketball, of course. The beautiful, flowing, improvisational action of the world's best athletes. But uh, take a look deeper and you'll find more than meets the eye. Today we're honored to unveil Headband Club, an exclusive collection of players with a, let's say, particular skill set. Led by Patrick Beverly, Josh Okogie, Jared Vanderbilt, and now new addition to the headband club, Jaden McDaniels. Mm. This group of highly energetic players have made defense their calling card and have the headwear to prove it. While headband club has been operating internally for many months, the quartet has decided that it's now the time to open their doors to the public. 
They're looking to expand their ranks and spread the culture of hard work and defensive dedication to Timberwolves fans everywhere. So what does it take to be considered for headband club? Well, obviously, Herculean effort on defense is where it all starts. Being a good defender is about that fire that burns within to stop your opponent at any cost. But it doesn't stop with just a stop. Headband Club is searching for players who make energy and effort an entire lifestyle. You must live the headband life on and off the court. So get out there, play some pickup hoops, and focus entirely on the defensive end. When the game is over, carry that spirit with you throughout your days. Remember, the leaders of Headband Club are watching. If they deem you have what it takes, your honorary headwear will somehow magically find its way to you. Until then, keep hustling. Thank you to Headband Club for their support of Wolf's Cast. And up next is time for Cold Takes. What's cooler than being cool? Right, cold takes getting Ooh. chilly out here in the Twin Cities. Really chilly, uh, probably everywhere these days. Uh, no matter where you are, it's a relative thing. Yeah, chillier. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We had some flurries. You know, the, dry, the, the, the ground is still dry, but uh, saw some flurries today. So shut off the water inside the house. You know, for the outdoor process. Oh, goodness, winter is uh, is right here. It's right in front of us. So it's time to get a little chilly with some takes. And um, here's the thing. Yeah. We live in this internet culture, everybody. You're listening to podcasts. I don't have to tell you how the internet works. It's a place where the loudest, most controversial thing mm. rises to the top. Facebook right. is like, we're, we only want to feature you and promote you if you're being as controversial as ever. The extreme. It's kind of one of the biggest problems with our society today. But mm. here in Minnesota, we are not one of those flashy, hot take kind of societies. Instead, we like to think things... Very cool. And so what we do is we're going to give you the coldest takes around. It's the opposite of a hot take, everybody. And that is the premise of cold takes. Cold takes. Let's get uh, let's get frosty, Scott. I'm going to start us off here. Let's go. All right. Well, I got to say it. D'Angelo Russell. I think he makes some lazy passes sometimes. It's uh, this is a this is a player who's known for being a skilled passer. And I don't know if it's something that's new or it's followed him for a while but this guy just is not uh you know focus on where the ball's going when it leaves his hands from time to time you know he's had some he's had some really terrible pocket passes that just bounce off someone's foot and go out of bounds he's tried to you know throw a skip pass across the court and goes into the third third row and um it might be it might be controversial to say but your point guard should be a better passer than that this is uh probably the most important position on the floor for someone to pass the ball well and D'Angelo Russell just needs to just be a little more intentional and careful with these passes because not many of them are reaching uh you know their targets so be a little less lazy with your pass please D'Angelo Russell I have to agree Neil I was thinking I don't know why I made this connection maybe it's because there's a new season of Curb Your Enthusiasm currently on uh do you know the Larry David bit do you respect wood Oh, no. It's kind of a bit on the show where it's like people who don't use coasters and stuff. He's like, do you respect wood? Because I don't think you do. I feel like that way with the Timberwolves. Do you respect possessions? Because they throw the ball away like possessions don't matter. You know, it's like Ah. this team does not respect possessions. That's uh, 
for sure. That's another cold take, Scott. All right, uh, let's get your first one here, Scott. Let's get uh, let's get frosty. Let's get chilly. Neil, in the game of basketball, rebounding is important. You know, I used to I used to take it for granted too, my friend. I think you've told me more than anyone in my life that I should use two hands to rebound when we're playing pickup hoops. Because I just uh, I get lazy. I put one hand up. I just try to tip it to someone. I, it takes a lot of effort to jump up one. And now you like leave your feet and two like. You know, you're banging bodies. It's an easy way to twist an ankle or something. Really, it's a lot of effort. And I think if we ever play pickup hoops again in this pandemic, it was over. I'm going to have a whole new respect for rebounding because we're getting killed on the glass. In fact, last night, we've only had 19 wins in games we've been out-rebounded by double digits since 06-07. So last night was either 19 or 20, but it just goes to show. Double digits, that's not much. We're getting out-rebounded double digits almost every game. And we've only won 20 times in the past, like, 15 seasons when we're out rebounded by double digits. It just goes to show how important rebounding can be. In fact, now players have to give $100 into a pot for every offensive rebound they give up, which means we almost cost someone their entire paycheck last night. So rebounding, Neil, important for basketball. Wow, I didn't uh, didn't consider that, but since you brought it up, I, you know it does it does seem like uh, something you'd want to have uh, on a basketball team is rebounding. Good point. All right, uh, I think I got one more, uh, uh, you know, frozen cold take. Let's let's do it. All right, I'm gonna say it. I'm only gonna say it uh, once or twice here, everybody. We got one minute on the clock. Anthony Edwards should drive to the hoop more often, not less often, more often. All right, this is someone who has tremendous athleticism, incredible strength. Um, you know, just 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 the bouncy. The bouncy body of a of a twenty year old is right here, and uh, all too often he is just doing the step back three, um, you know, shooting that jump shot, which you can just fall in love with a little bit too much. Sure, it's nice when it goes in, looks great, feels great when it goes in, but really, Anthony Edwards, for your team to succeed, um, they need you to drive to the hoop. That just opens up so many more things. You can dish out to the corners, you can get to the free throw line. Um, you know, it's just, and, and hey, driving to the hoop, that will open up your three-point uh, game, my friend. So um, I just needed to say it, needed to get it off my chest. I think Anthony Edwards needs to drive more. Interesting, Neil. That's an yeah. interesting uh, cold take there. Yeah, I think, think about uh, it a little bit tonight. I think it could work. Mm. I think it could work. Maybe someone should let Ant know. I'm sure no one's told him yet. Yeah, someone should get in his ear about that one. You uh, should let uh, Jim Pete and Dave know so they can say it on the broadcast. Sometimes. Okay. Yeah, I they, think that would be a good observation for them to sprinkle on the broadcast. All right, I will. Uh, I will make a note to uh, tweet at uh, Jim and Pete. All right, Scott, do you have a, do you have a last uh, cold take here, or are you uh, you feeling warm? No, I need to. I, I need to put on my Timberwolves palm cat. Oh yeah, you, use that hashtag Ant Facts. No hashtag, just Ant Facts. One word, and uh, you'll get that discount. Wolvescast.com shop. That's Check right. it out. But I'm going to give one more cold take before I warm up. All right, here we go. Neil, Carl Anthony Towns, good player. We're a fan. He lets the refs get under his skin. You know, he's a guy who just, uh, you know, he can't stay focused when he feels like he's been wronged. He's a guy, I think, who cares a lot about justice in this world and cares about fighting injustice wherever he sees it. He can't just ignore injustice when he sees it. And that's one of the reasons why, if he feels he's been wronged, he's going to say something. In fact, if he says something and he doesn't feel like he's been hurt, he's going to yell it. And if he yells it and, you know, he gets a poor reaction, then he's going to be even more angry. If he doesn't think a call went his way, he might run down the court and commit a really stupid foul to try and make a point. 
Or he might, uh, you know, try and draw a foul when he feels like he's been fouled before and be so exaggerated that he commits a foul. And as a guy who I think is leading the league in a percentage of fouls that are offensive, over 25% of his calls are offensive fouls, I think Cat just lets the referees get under his skin a little too much. Huh, that's uh, that is, it's something to think about there. And I'm, I'm going to watch, you know, the game, the next game with an eye towards that. Yeah, you through know? that lens. I'm going to look at what he does after he thinks he got fouled and, and see if, you know, he maybe acts out a little bit. Because um, I hadn't really noticed that before. So um, thanks for bringing that up. I'm that's, happy to. That's cold takes, everybody. Hopefully I, I these hope, takes weren't too hot. Yeah, I hope there was no uh, frost burn. Yeah. Yeah, that's ooh, that's tricky. Frostbite, are you cold or are you frostburn, hot? frostbite. I don't know. Yeah, or like bad. when you touch dry ice. Ooh, ooh. I don't know. Ooh, ooh. Careful, that, everybody. All right, uh, that's that's cold takes. Uh, let's give out some more. It's got time for weekly wolfies. Now presenting your weekly wolfie. All right, wolfies, trophies, awards. Some, uh, we have some deserving winners here, and uh, we got to get to them here uh, as we do each week. And uh, I'm going to get it started off, Scott. My weekly Wolfie Award goes to a new addition to the NBA jersey this season. And um, I think it's I think it's really cool. I mean, this is something that goes into the NBA's uh, 75th anniversary season uh, type of celebration here. I am just really liking the what I want to call the iridescent um, Nike swoosh that's happening on the jerseys on the opposite side as the um, you know advertisements the the little uh, jersey ad that's happening right there um, jersey sponsor Nike Nike listen they they know what they're doing over there but this year for the seventieth uh, big awesome like diamond icon edition jersey is what they're calling it the diamond icon it just it looks awesome. It looks huge. Um, maybe it's just those those bright lights at the NBA floor, something like that. Now, also the like uh, Jerry West NBA logo has also been like diamondified or whatever with the seventy five, and that that's on the jersey too. That looks cool, but it's really kind of like hard to see. Like it kind of just looks white, like normal. Whereas the Nike uh, swoosh on the front really has that diamond vibe, the cool iridescent colors. I just like when, you know, obviously we talk a lot about, you know, the, these types of looks and, you know, different on-court apparel and stuff like that. But uh, I don't really care about the 75th anniversary. I didn't really pay attention to, like, the all-75 player team or whatever, the NBA 75. I don't care about that. But this is actually a cool little touch for the 75th uh, season of NBA basketball. So shout-out to Nike for getting this right and uh, making a cool bling uh, corner on uh, on their jerseys this year. Um, I hope you like it too. But uh, I've been digging that. So yeah, it's another reason why I got to get a cool uh, you know C edition remix jersey because it'll hopefully have that uh, iridescent swoosh on there as well. So shout out to you NBA for uh, coming up with that. I think it works. All right, that's my Wolfie. Well, Neil, I uh, you know I sometimes I feel like we didn't get to touch all the topics I want to, so we get your Wolfie. I try to shove them all in there. <laughs> I just, cram. I'm just gonna do two real quick before the wolfie. They're real quick. Whoa! You're gonna double up on a wolfie. You're gonna. You have two. No, this is even wolfie. These aren't even wolfies. They're just things I want. Oh, talk you have about honorable right. mentions. No, they're not even honorable mentions. Like what? This one, Neil. What is it? So you saw the game last night. The Canes. You watched the broadcast. You saw that weird camera of angle course, that course. Jim oh, and Dave are raving about from the scoreboard, looking down. How'd you feel about it? 
Um, if it's fine for replays, I wouldn't want to like watch the game via that. I predicted you were going to hate it, so mm. that's a much more reasonable. If take. they like went to it for long stretches, I don't think. Did I you would see like that it. Mark Lowry gave out courtside tickets to sit next to him on Twitter? So cool, so cool. Three. Everyone needs to follow Mark Lowry because and he sat with them. Right. I exactly. think that's, that's like a the whole next different level. level. It's not like I'm gonna sit at home tonight. It's like I have four seats. I'm still going to the game. Right. I'm just bringing three strangers. <laughs> I think I finally have a pathway to sitting courtside now. It's, we've talked about it the entire history of this podcast. Yes. We've talked about how that's the dream. So we just yep. got to be on Twitter all day to it try it. so cool. He seems so nice. I would love yeah. to like hang with him. Absolutely. Get him on the pod. Mark Laurie. Let's go. Come Laurie, on the pod. Where are you at? All right, everyone. This one might be a little controversial, okay? All right. Because uh, I know that the fan brace has really embraced this aspect mm. this year. In previous years, too. But this year, you know, it seems like uh, everyone talks about Arby's. You know, Arby's make 13 three pointers free beef and cheddar way better than a French dip. In my opinion, French dip. So messy beef and cheddar. You can eat in your car. Is that what it was before? Like French dip used to be the prize last season. It was. Okay. So, and you know, I would never go and get one. I've already redeemed oh. a couple beef and cheddars beef this and year. Cheddar's good. It's great. And so I feel like, yes, that is a cool promotion, but honestly, I do not like the fact that it, it applies during losses as well. Oh, I remember about hmm. 10 years ago, Neil, you and I were living together in Northeast and, uh, you know, just making ends meet, you know, and, uh, figuring out what you're going to eat on a daily basis. And we really relied on the Papa John's promotion. Oh yes. Get 50% off your order across like all the teams after all the teams, like an FSN thing as much as it was like a team thing, right? Like it would happen for twins games, Vikings games, wild games. And some teams, like I would see like, you know, it's like if the Reds score six runs and win the game, you get 50% off with the twins weren't great at the time. They're just like twins win wolves win. That's all you need. And, you know, Twins, even if you're a bad team, you're going to win 60 games a year. But the Wolves at the time were winning like 20. 20, 25. And so if the Wolves won a game, guaranteed, we all were like, tomorrow we're eating Papa John's. <laughs> I hate Papa John's, by we're the way. That, it's by far the worst pizza of all the major providers. The it's terrible food. But that time, it was like we could get a lot of pizza for a very little amount of money. Well. And, like, Wolves win. You'd be like, yes, they won. Cheap pizza tomorrow, too. You know? And it was just like, they won. We're going to get this because it's our reward for winning. So you, you want know? the Arby's promo to not be about threes, but instead just be about wins and losses. Well, they can go ahead and make it th- make 13 threes and, and win. win. Yeah. That's and hard. That's way less well, payout. We're not going to win many games where we don't make 13 threes. Now. True, I true, mean, true. I thought we were nowhere yeah. clear near Arby's the other night, and I looked at it, I was like, we already had 12. And I was like, wow, okay. So yeah. like, we're hitting those threes. And I get why from a business perspective, they want people to use the promotion more often. They're not offering this so you don't yeah, go into it Arby's. It gives you good feelings about Arby's. Because let me tell you, those sliders are so cheap. You're going to get one with those beef and cheddars. You know? <laughs> sliders. Oh, yeah. Their sliders are, they are so roast good. beef sliders? Uh, there's lots of different flavors. I'm a huge fan of the buffalo chicken one. The pizza sliders were where it was at, though, and they've oh. discontinued the pizza sliders. Arby's, that's your second slam tonight in I Weekly Wolfies. Get, get those pizza sliders back. back to Arby's. But I'm just saying that I think it's not as special to get the reward re- regardless of a win or loss. So my Weekly Wolfie is a negative one to Arby's. Come on. We can you know give us some higher expectations to live up to. Make it. You have to win. To get that RB. So you want the win plus the threes. Yeah, absolutely. Win plus threes. There you go. All right, cool. That's Wolfie's. Uh, congratulations to our winners, even if um, it was it was for a bad thing. Congratulations to you for uh, pissing Scott off. All right, uh, time to play a game. It's game time. I'm ready to play. Yeah, usually I only play. have bad feelings about Arby's 15 minutes after I eat Arby's. <laughs> hey <Hey-o. laughs> I, I love eating Arby's, you guys. Arby's but groups. guaranteed, at the end of every Arby's, I'm just like, why did I eat that Arby's? I feel so bad now. <laughs> what a decision. Oh. Blew. 
All right, Neil. Well, we got some, uh, you know, got some trivia questions this week. Uh, there might be one or two bonus ones at the end. We'll see. Uh, but the questions this week are about uh, Arby's. Arby's. Uh, Arby's you, clear, you clearly don't understand the menu if you didn't know about the sliders. <laughs> I know. What time you are the ha- me. What hours are the happy hour, Neil, where you can get the sliders for a dollar? <laughs> That's the question. Happy hour. Mocha shakes. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this is a question about Patrick Beverly, my new favorite Timberwolf. You All know? questions like, about Bev. Yep. We're gonna, uh, you know, he's just an enigma. He's lived quite a life. You know, he's not like some of these rookies who have no history by the time they enter the league, and I, I can't find any info about him. I found some info about Pat Bev, so I'm gonna ask you a couple questions about him. I don't even know if I know where he went to college. This oh, might be tough. It's gonna be one of the questions. This might be tough. You got this again. All right, all right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, now let's get it started. Um, let's get started with that one. Actually, Patrick Beverly only played for two years in college before wow. being ruled academically ineligible. Really? Sending him overseas. What college did he play for? Two seasons. Oh man, do I even have a guess? Jeez, uh, I feel like I should know it. I feel like it's a West Coast thing, but now I'm just thinking about the Clippers. I. Man, I don't really have a good a good one here. I, I don't know. I have, I have no guess at all. Where to go to college? Let's see if I can find another player from this college to kind of give you a hint. Yeah. Maybe give me oh, not many. Bobby Portis. Uh, I don't know. Marquette. Ronnie Brewer. <laughs> nope. Uh, okay. Well, uh, is the uh, the mascot is a Razorback? Oh, Arkansas. Arkansas. That is right. Two years in Arkansas. <laughs> Got kicked out. You got to hit me with the with the buzzers, though. It's that's your job when you when well you're in the first. Game. I got, got it wrong. You got, got it wrong. wrong. So I'll do that. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Neil. Uh, this could be two parts depending on how well you do. Uh, they mentioned his nickname a few times on the broadcast. Do you know Patrick Beverly's nickname? Um, is it? Uh, it's not. It's uh, they're talking about. I, I have uh, Davion Mitchell in my head now. Is off night? Yeah, that was uh, a good. The, kid, the King's guard. Uh, Dave, uh, Dave Evans is talking. This about. is a nickname uh, about his defense. Mister Ninety Four Feet. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Bonus question, y'all. Obviously, that name is because the basketball court is ninety feet. Yeah, ninety four feet pick, long. Pick him up, ninety four feet. Do you know how wide the basketball court is? Oh, um, man. I wouldn't have known this without looking it up, so I'm not going to judge you. I'm just saying. I'm going to say it's uh, 30, 30, uh, 30 feet. <laughs> Got fifty feet wide. Oh, Keep that in your heads, off. everyone. It's there not like go. baseball where they talk about ninety almost, feet. It's you know, almost fifty by one hundred. Yeah, exactly. It's fifty by ninety-four. All right, Neil. According to IMD, actually, no. Let's, let's save that one because this next question should go first. Neil Patrick Beverly played overseas before he made it to the NBA, playing in Ukraine, Greece, and Russia. In which of those three countries did he win the All-Star Game Slam Dunk Contest? <laughs> oh my gosh, Ukraine, Greece, Russia. I'll say Ukraine probably has the worst uh, kind of basketball uh, you know, stuff going on. So I'll say Ukraine. Yeah. It's also the first one that he played for, so he had the hops still. You know? Wow. In Early. Greece, I think he was the Euro Cup MVP and helped Greece win a title. So he's doing some it. stuff. I love it. Okay, well now this, you know... Countries, Ukraine, Greece, Russia. Yeah, now I know them. So now this next question is, according to IMDb, where Patrick Beverly has some facts on the trivia page on IMDb, I don't know. Okay. What language does he speak fluently? Whoa. Um, wow. Is it Russian? Is it Greek? Is it... What's the other one? Ukrainian? Um, man, again, I'm kind of, now, now that I know Ukraine was first, I'm kind of thinking, that eh, that was one of the first ones he went with, but... Greek and Russian are probably, you know, bigger languages, uh, but which, maybe which city would you need that language most? And I'm going to say Russian for some reason. It seems tough, but I'm going to go Russian. Just a guess. 
Oh, one out of three. Apparently, he endeared himself to his Ukrainian teammates. Everyone's like, "Who's this American? He's gonna flush out." And like, one of the first practices, he like threw the ball into the stand, and everyone's like, "Oh, this American's not gonna stay here." And then he grabbed the ball and he cussed out loud in Russia, and all the Ukrainians were like, "Yeah, we love this guy." Wait, think, the I, Ukrainians? Yeah, like, I think I think Ukraine. I'm not sure if Ukraine has a language that isn't Russian. I think Russian is maybe, maybe the spoke official. there. Yeah, they were Eastern part of the, they were part of the Soviet Union until it broke apart, Got and it. like yep. Russia's been trying to annex them back into Russia. So I think they might speak Russian. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, Neil, uh, those are our questions about Pat Bev. Uh, Let me go ahead and give you just a few fun trivia things. I couldn't work into a question, but you might want to know, because I think that's kind of what the real fun of this is learning about. Oh, yeah. Uh, When he suffered a season-ending knee injury in 2017, his first season in L.A., he woke up from surgery and refused painkillers because he wanted to know what the pain felt like. even took a lap around the hospital. What? Everyone knows his favorite player growing up was KG. Oh, yeah. Uh, and this I is think a KG, KG shouted him out in the book. He, uh, he was like, that guy has what I have or whatever. One of his off-season workouts was sprinting through the sand, but in Timbaland boots. He took it an extra step from KG, who obviously you know, famously would run in the sand as off-season conditioning. Yeah. He did it with Tim's on. Just fall over. And uh, let's see, one more. And the, the nickname, you know, we all know Mr. 94 mm-hmm. Feet, found out his nickname as a child, one only his family calls him, is Buddha. Buddha. B-O-O-D-A. When he was a child, his eyes were so big, it looked like someone said boo and scared him. <laughs> so his younger sister came up with the nickname. Nice. Buddha. There we go. Those sound like, um, you're saying IMDb, those sound like some, uh, you know, uh, press guide or whatever you call it, the, the press book. What's it uh, I found the- those, a lot of those in a Bleacher Report <laughs> nice. uh, story about him. But um, another question I had while I was watching the game last night, Neil, the Canes have a championship patch on the nape of their neck. Mm. It's like, where did the Canes win a championship? Do you know? Uh, maybe like Kansas City way back in the day. They are, they are a team that has traveled the country. It was yeah. all the way back in 1951, the Rochester Royals. Whoa. And then uh, finally, Neil, could if I asked you to, could you connect Tristan Thompson and Kat through the Kardashian world? How do they connect to each other? Through the, we've talked the about Kardashian the Kardashian connection. I, uh, the the uh, Tristan Thompson was dating one of the Kardashian sisters and... And had an affair with with Jordan Woods, right? Is that something? That's the general. Oh, I wonder. I, he might have had the affair with Jordan yeah, Woods. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh man, that's even that's even spicier than I thought. Meg will be disappointed in me because yes, Tristan Thompson, mother of Chloe's children, Chloe Kardashian's children, and I think the affair was with Jordan yeah. Woods, who is Kat's. I was thinking about that last uh, you night. Know, committed girlfriend now. Those two are bad. Exactly. You know, there was some extra chippiness extra because heat. we should have a soundbite. The Kardashian connection. <laughs> that is your your Kardashian connection of the week, everybody. The extra chippiness between Kat and Tristan because of, you know, the extra Jordan. credentials right there. That's right. There you go. All right. That's the game. We learned about Pat Bev, Mr. 94 Feet right there. I like that. I like the specific player games. Those are those are always fun. I'm gonna miss him when we trade him midseason. Yeah, or just, you know, just he's up after this year, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, what what like what does our record have to be at by the trade deadline for Ooh. us not to trade them? I think they have to be, let's see, trade deadline. It, it would probably be like, like February. Yeah, I'm just, you know, it's in Feb, but like, you know, uh, it would probably be around 50 games played at that point, 55. So I'll say they need to be with, they need to be like within five games of 500, I think. Okay. I can you see know? it. So I can they, see it. I hope, I hope be that, like you know. 20 and 25 or like 22 and 27 or something like that. Yeah. I mean, he's just like the perfect guy that any playoff team would want. So yeah. that's why it's like inevitable. But it would be such a big deal for the Wolves just to get into the playoff, into the play. Right. And I, I love Pat Bev. I, yeah. I wasn't kidding when I was saying he's like one of my new favorite Wolves. He's yeah. so much fun. I think he's great for this roster. And I hope we can keep him all season. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think the fan base agrees. All right, that does it for Wolf's Cast. Everybody, make sure you head to wolfscast.com. Go to the store, buy a wolf palm hat. Just says wolf on it. And uh, lets everybody know who you root for. It's got a great blue, green, white colors on there. So go check that out. And, uh, yeah, make sure you use offer code ANTFAX. Save yourself on the ship. That's, that's what that will get you. And, you know, there's a whole lot of cool stuff going on on CanisHoopas.com. we oh, got yeah. so many good podcasts, you know. Like like three shows are on CanisHoopas. We're one of, like, three or four podcasts that's on CanisHoopas. It's an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, they're all better than us. So, I mean, we've got the better sound drops. But oh, that's all we so got much talent. So much talent. So check out CanisHoopas. they got stuff up all the time. What a great website. Um, we appreciate them, uh, you know, letting us share in their their bounty of great content. Oh yeah, we're part of the team, we're part of the family. We love it, and uh, yeah, we'll be back uh, next week with, uh, you know, I don't know when it'll happen, but uh, it's, it's Thanksgiving week, so we'll see when it gets recorded and when all that happens. But uh, we'll have a show next week for you. It'll be special. Uh, who knows what we'll be talking about? Maybe some turkey stuff. Uh, but yeah, I hope you have a great holiday week if we don't uh, uh, hear from you. But make sure, yeah, you uh, you check us out for the next episode of Wolf's Cast coming next week for you. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you then. Farewell. Harrison Barnes was getting pushed by Anthony Edwards. What are you laughing at? Uh, well, I didn't expect this, but there was a box elder bug on my leg, and I just happened to flick it, flick it off me, and it went right into our stage manager's hair. <laughs> Man, those Sorry, things. Teresa. <laughs> now she's sweating. Can we get a shot? Oh, I know you I mean, that. yeah, that's. <laughs> oh. Sorry, Teresa. Those bugs are everywhere. <laughs>